0: hello and welcome to the american patchwork and quilting podcast i'm lindsay Mayland, and i'm so excited to be here with you happy early thanksgiving to all of our american listeners So our staff is out of the office on Thursday and Friday of this week so that we can spend time with family and eat all that delicious food. I know I am a huge fan of mashed potatoes and pumpkin pie, so that's what I'm going to be doing. (laughs) And I'm sure most of the staff will be squeezing in some extra sewing time, too. So to continue the Thanksgiving theme on this podcast... Our staff is talking about what we're thankful for, including the quilting communities that we're all connected to and all really appreciate. If you're planning on making your Christmas list or Black Friday shopping, we're also sharing a few products that we're loving right now, including fork pins, which we've actually received a lot of questions about from our readers and we're also sharing some tips for zippers, which may come in handy if you eat a little too much on Thanksgiving and your pants are feeling a little tight. And on Getting Social, we chat with Latifa Safir, who talks about her new Quilt Cadets program, which is a line of products and patterns for kids who sew. If you have children or grandkids in your life, you'll definitely want to check this out. So let's get started. Since it's the week of Thanksgiving, our staff wanted to share some things they were thankful for, and we all just kept coming back to community. We're so thankful to our readers, our podcast listeners, our guild members, our quilting teachers, and our sewing buddies. So on this episode, we're all sharing a community we're a part of that gives great meaning to our lives and ones that we're all very grateful for. So to start it off, I'm thankful for the quilt along communities I'm part of. So when I first started quilting, none of my friends quilted, so I found my quilting tribe as part of online quilt alongs. I joined a few and really felt included in the community through Facebook groups and Instagram hashtags, and I actually found so many more quilters to follow and connect with on social media through these groups many of which I chat with on Instagram very often with. For those who don't know exactly how a quilt along works, a typical quilt along involves a host posting on a blog or website, like a different tutorial each week or each month, that lets quilters at home complete a project by following along. Some common quilt alongs are based on like existing books, such as the Farmer's Wife 1930s Sampler Quilt by Lori Aaron Hurd, or like a specific pattern that each participant can purchase. So the host usually offers tips and tricks about the project um, to help other quilters avoid some common mistakes. And many websites or social media sites encourage the participants to post progress photos and receive feedback from others working on the same project, which is very helpful, especially when I was a new quilter and I had a lot of questions I wanted to ask and a lot of advice was needed. So just a shout out, our brands actually host four quilt alongs a year. So we just wrapped one up and we'll be starting a new one in January that we'll share more info about soon. But if you're looking for an online quilting community, we would recommend just following us um, on social media accounts. You can find us at American Patchwork and Quilting or All People Quilt. Um, We're always starting, you know, little groups like we have our quilt alongs, we have our UFO challenge, and I get the pleasure of heading all of that up so you can connect with me and all the rest of our staff on those. And it's a great community, really positive, and we have so much fun in those groups
1: this is Jodi Sanders with American Patchwork and Quilting and I want to talk with you today about one of the groups that I found that I just feel like I really connect with in terms of my quilting community now if you love quilting and you love history I would say consider joining the American quilt study group it's AQSG for short and it's based in Lincoln Nebraska AQSG hosts an annual seminar where quilt history buffs gather to hear quilt scholars' presentations, see and buy vintage quilts, textiles, and sewing tools, and attend study sessions. Some states or regions hold smaller events or meetings and often have an emphasis of a certain time period or a type of quilt. I belong to this group because it brings together a variety of people who love old textiles. And you know, it's not just quilt makers, but it's also collectors, historians, conservators. I also attend the Iowa-Illinois Quilt Study Group, which is a regional group that meets twice a year in Kelowna, Iowa. Now even though it's the Iowa-Illinois Quilt Study Group, attendees come from several states. Regional differences are also fun to discover at these meetings. Now, each of these local meetings also has a study topic and a guest speaker, plus there's lots of show-and-tell, which is always my favorite part of the meeting. The generosity of those sharing information about vintage and antique textiles is so amazing, and I would encourage you to go check out the American Quilt Study Group and become involved. You can go to their website, AmericanQuiltStudyGroup.org, for more information.
2: Hi, I'm Allison Gam, the designer of Quilts and More, and I'm going to be talking about online classes. Taking quilting classes can be such a fun and interactive experience. So when it comes to looking for classes, your first thought might not be to search online. However, there are plenty of benefits to taking online classes, such as not having to travel, lug around your machine, and having to remember to pack all of those supplies. Perhaps my favorite personal perk of working on online classes is being able to stay home in your pajamas. (laughs) Websites such as Blueprint will give you one or more video lessons, downloadable class materials, and a virtual classroom. Because class members are working on the same project, the online chat room allows participants to share tips or ask questions as they go. If you live in a remote area or can't find a local class that you're interested in, online classes open up a lot of possibilities. There are other websites in addition to Blueprint that offer similar online classes and collaborations such as creativebug.com, nationalquiltercircle.com, and iQuilt.com. One of the really nice things about taking classes online is that you can always refer back to the videos. If you need to review a step and go over it again, you can just rewatch the segment of that video that you're stuck on. You also have the flexibility to take classes wherever and whenever you want. Whether you're an early riser or a night owl, you can take the classes when they work best in your schedule. Plus, if you need to take a break and run some errands or throw in a load of laundry, the class will be waiting for you when you get back. If you're new to the idea of taking classes online and are unsure about them, some websites offer free trials so you can test things out before fully committing.
3: I'm Doris Brunette, editor of Quilt Sampler Magazine. And for me, finding my quilting tribe started with blogging in 2008. I virtually met so many talented and generous quilters through my own blog and through other quilt blogs. And then in 2009, the Modern Quilt Guild was started with, uh, it was a group of quilt bloggers that actually started the Modern Quilt Guild. And it's now a worldwide organization of more than 200 guilds, local chapter guilds, and for 40,000 members I helped get the local chapter of our Des Moines Modern Quilt Guild off the ground, and we're now coming up on 10 years with that group. I treasure the friends that I've met through this uh, guild, it's wonderful. And if you aren't in an area that has a local chapter, you can always join as an individual member of the Modern Quilt Guild. The website, there's a lot of sharing and community on the website as well to connect with people. It's very similar to the way a physical guild operates. So visit themodernquiltguild.com to find a chapter close to you under the join tab or to join as an individual member. And they also put on an annual conference and show annually in February called QuiltCon, and quilters from all over the world come to meet up and share their passion for quilting.
4: Hi, I'm Elizabeth Stumbo, the art director for American Patchwork and Quilting magazine, and I'm here to share with you about quilt retreats. So whether you're working on different projects or the same quilt at the retreat, they are a great way to recharge your creative spirit and get lots of sewing done too. Quilting retreat centers have become super popular over the last several years, and if you don't want to organize a group of friends to book an entire retreat space, you can search online for a retreat and you can sign up by yourself and simply make friends there. For instance, look for a retreat hosted by a local quilt shop or a quilt designer you admire, or you can attend a sew day at a retreat facility. I go on two quilt retreats every year with my family, and I truly treasure these weekends. It's uninterrupted quality time that I get to spend with my family where we can tell stories and catch up with each other's lives while sharing our creativity with each other. We all work on our own projects and I love seeing what everyone else is working on. I wouldn't miss these retreats for
5: the world. Hi, I'm Joanna, the editor of Quilts and More, and here is how I found my quilting community. So I found my quilting community through charity sewing groups. If you want to join a charity sewing group, you can consider volunteering to make a difference and make friends at the same time. Quilts for Kids, for example, has over 90 local chapters of volunteer quilters who transform fabrics into quilts that comfort children in need. Project Linus has blanketeers that provide new handmade washable blankets to be given as gifts to seriously ill and traumatized children. And you can also be a part of the Million Pillowcase Challenge, which is hosted by American Patchwork and Quilting. In addition to collecting pillowcases, we have some participating quilt shops that host events throughout the year. So for my personal story, I feel like my quilting community found me rather than me finding it. I had always enjoyed giving back to the community through service, and I was already used to charitable crafting because I used to knit hats and scarves for various charities. When I first started as editor of Quilts and More, I was so excited because I got to participate in my first sew-a-thon for the Million Pillowcase Challenge. As I was helping people, most of whom had never sewn before, learn how to sew pillowcases and share with them about where those pillowcases were going to different causes, different people from homeless shelters to children's hospitals... um, We shared so much, and I felt so much connection to them, and I was just really inspired by these people that I had never met before. Um, I like to think of them as intrepid crafters because of how fearless they were with, they just knew they wanted to help people, and so they got involved. Later that same year, I found a quilt along that benefited St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is a cause that I've always had very near to my heart, and In that group or that quilt along, so many people were sharing their experiences with six kids and that charity and what it meant to them to have that connection and that closeness. I heard story after story about how sewing and quilting, things that I just took for granted as personal hobbies and also a little bit as just my work life because that's my work life. Um, But it could really change lives and it really didn't take much but a little bit of time and a little bit of fabric. It wasn't long before I really felt like I was part of that community, even though I hadn't been seeking them out. I invited some uh, non-quilters, non-sewers even, to the next pillowcase sew-a-thon, and they were so inspired and felt so included that they asked to come back next year, even though they haven't taken up sewing. I like to think that they did, but they didn't. That's the only sewing that they do. And they were also so inspired that um, this coming year, we organized a group for the a million pillowcase challenge that's not sewers at all but we asked people to come and we told them you don't have to know how to sew all we're going to do is cut fabric so that people who do know how to sew um, can make the pillowcases and we cut almost 300 kits it was amazing we had over 20 people show up people we weren't expecting to show up and they're kind of part of our community now too so i was amazed at how fast it can grow and sometimes your community finds you We'll be back after this quick
0: ad break. I'm back with Joanna for Back to Basics, a segment where we share tips and tricks about a sewing tool or a technique. So, Joanna, what are we learning
5: today? Lately, I've been sewing a lot of bags, and that means I've been also sewing a lot, a lot of zippers. (laughs) I know a lot of sewers out there are scared of sewing zippers. I used to be one of them. So I thought today I'd talk about zippers and share a couple of my favorite zipper tips. So starting off, though, have you ever sewn a zipper, Lindsay? No. I I have never
0: (laughs) sewn a zipper. It intimidates me. I... I don't make a lot of bags. I usually stick to quilts, so I don't usually have a need for zippers, but I have watched videos on how to do it, and everyone makes it look easy,
5: but I just think it's a trick. (laughs) (laughs) I had a sewer once tell me that, like, zippers have teeth. Of course they're scary. (laughs) They bite, but they don't bite. Um, So it actually took me a while to attempt one just because I thought they looked scary, too. But when I first added one, I was like, this is pretty easy. They're actually not that scary at all. So we have some great resources on allpeoplequilt.com about how to add zippers. Um, We can add those to the show notes. Yeah, we'll link to them in the show notes. Um, But I wanna focus today on just some tips that I think make the process a little bit easier. So the first one is to pay attention to what kind of zipper you're using. Zippers come in different materials and I'm partial to polyester or nylon coil zippers, which you can get at most local quilt shops and at big chain craft stores. They're probably the most common type of zipper that you can find nowadays. What I like about them is you can trim them easily with scissors and most sewing machines can stitch through the zipper teeth because they're that nylon material. Um, As long as you're going at a slow speed, you still don't want to go too quickly over them. Stitching over anything metal or hard plastic, such as the zipper stops or the poles or certain types of zippers if you don't buy nylon coil ones, um, can break your sewing machine needles, which I think is where some of that fear comes from. Um, As long as you pay attention and make sure you get kind of a nice softer material zipper, you shouldn't have any problems with that. I like to buy long zippers in bulk because they often go on sale. And zippers come in lots of sizes, but if you buy the ones that are larger, you can use them in almost any project by trimming them down to size, where if you buy the short ones, you're limiting yourself on what they can be used for. It's always better to be too long instead of too short. Good tip. Uh, second, if your zipper pole is giving you trouble because it doesn't want to slide, this is something that usually comes up with um, like recycled or inherited zippers, sometimes on clothing. Try a little graphite. So take a number two pencil and draw right over the zipper teeth on both sides if possible. Graphite works as a dry lubricant and it usually can solve the problem pretty much immediately. I've actually used this outside of sewing too. I've had some backpacks that, you know, get the fabric stuck in them and the zipper Uh or you can't get it to open. Um, Pencil, who knew? Just who knew? Draw right over it, and usually it solves the problem right away. I've also used this on dresses sometimes. Um, it's a really handy trick, especially you know Thanksgiving's coming up. If you uh, maybe indulge a little bit too much, <laughs> it works on dress zippers. Um, don't worry, your secret is safe with me. Thanksgiving yeah. is for sweatpants, you know. Well, <laughs>
0: <Just> zipper-free. <laughs> true, but maybe you want
5: that dress for the Christmas party that follows, you know. So, but yes, Thanksgiving's definitely for sweatpants. So, but those are my zipper tips. Awesome.
0: Joanna, this maybe makes me want to try a zipper. I'm a little, feeling a little more confident about it after your tip.
5: If you need help, you know where to find me.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Thanks, Joanna. Mm -hmm.
5: I'm back with Allison
0: for Ask Us Anything, a segment where we answer your most pressing quilting questions. So Allison, you have a good one for us today. I do. So I recently posted a photo on my personal
2: Instagram using fork pins in a project I'm currently working on and people were very intrigued by them. Then we reposted on our All People Quilt Instagram and even more people were curious about them. So I just wanted to spend a few minutes chatting about fork pins. If you haven't seen them before, they're metal pins that have two parallel prongs that the kind I have are made by Clover, but I think other companies are coming out with them. I found mine at a local quilt shop, but you can also find them various places online. The packaging says they're used to prevent movement of fabrics while making garments and quilting projects. I've been using them to help line up seams. When you press seams in opposite directions, it's easy to nest them nicely together. However, when you press seams open, you don't have that little bump to align the seams. So I place the fork pin so it's kind of straddling the seam that I'm trying to align. By doing this, I found that it really helps match up those seams. And I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, so I personally love that aspect. (laughs) So far, I've only used them on this one project that has seams pressed open, but I am excited to see what other uses they might have. People on Instagram said they've also used them for things like foundation paper piecing and holding wool applique pieces in place. They're such an inexpensive tool to add to your sewing kit, and I really can't recommend them
0: enough. Yeah, I think what's great about if you're using them for wool applique, because I just was experimenting with Mm -hmm. that, is the pins lie really flat, mm-hmm. so they keep everything, like, larger surfaces really flat and smooth. Right. Um, and I, I ordered some after seeing <laughs> your Instagram post because I think they're such a great tool, and you're right, they're inexpensive, and I can't wait to try them out on my projects. Right. Good thing to have in your sewing arsenal. Yeah, so in the show notes, we'll link to the ones Allison has so that you can check them out for yourself. Now, Allison is doing what we're loving, a segment where we share the trend, pattern, or person we're loving right now. So, Allison, what are you loving? Okay, I am in
2: love with Susan Ake's new book called Quilt by Color. It was recently published by Martin Gale. Uh, my mom actually brought the book with her one weekend when she was visiting, and after flipping through it, I asked if I could hang on to it for a little bit so I could start working on a project right away. So... I immediately started working on it. It's the quilt that's featured on the cover. It's called Fiesta. I'm a little over halfway done piecing the top. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, I'll actually have the top done. We'll see. Um, But it is just such a fun pattern, and it uh, has a lot of little pieces. It's just fun to see it all come together. The book has so many other projects that I can't wait to make. Uh, Susan always uses such intriguing colors, so like immediately I just want to make all of her patterns. A lot of the patterns in the book are scrappy, but they kind of have a controlled palette to them, which is something I'm drawn to. Um, I love being able to use fabrics for my stash because I'm trying to do that more instead of buying a ton of fabric, um, but I still like to have a plan in place so that I don't have too many fabrics in one quilt. And another thing I love about the patterns in this book is that they seem to mix modern and traditional really well, which is another thing I'm drawn to when it comes to quilt patterns. You know, being able to mix traditional motifs with more modern helps kind of, in my mind, pay homage to quilting's roots, but also explore new ideas. So I personally think this book is a must-have. There are so many fun patterns in there. They're really easy to follow, easy to make. Um, You know, I just can't say enough good things about it. So You know, my mom will get her book back eventually. Maybe I'll have to buy a new one and she can have it for Christmas. (laughs) You can
0: just gift it back to her someday for Mother's Day or something. Yes. And, of course, we love Susan. She uh, has quilt designs in her magazines all the time. Mm -hmm. And she's a regular contributor to Scrap Lab and Quilts and More. So she's always designing and making something. So, Yes. Love her books. And Allison, do you want to share your Instagram with everyone so yeah. they can kind of see your progress on this course? Yes.
2: I've been kind of chipping away at it. Um, You can find me at Allison Gam. It's A-L-I-S-O-N-G-A-M-M.
6: Thank you.
0: We'll be back after this quick ad break.
6: Welcome to Getting Social with Jess. I'm your host, Jess Ziegler. Today, my guest is Latifa Safir. She is an exciting maker. She is a fabric designer with Me and You Fabrics. She is a pattern designer and the genius behind the popular Glam Clam Quilt and Clammy Rulers. But today we're talking about her latest project, Quilt Cadets. For any of you who have a child or maybe children in your life who have an interest in sewing, this interview is for you. Welcome to the show, Latifa. So glad you could join me today. Thank you
7: so much for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you.
6: So for our audience, please give us a short background of your personal and your professional life.
7: Absolutely. So I live in Los Angeles, California. Um, I co-founded the Modern Quilt Guild, starting with the Los Angeles Modern Quilt Guild 10 years ago. Um, That was also the beginning of my quilting journey, but I've been sewing my whole life. So sewing has always been a really big passion of mine. And um, I have an engineering background, so I came from a technology-based background. And when I got laid off, oh, it's been, I don't know, six or seven years ago now, Um, I decided to try to do something that was more aligned with my heart instead of just my head. And so I've kind of been on this journey to develop product and things that support the quilting industry. So it's been a really fun journey. Uh, Lots of ups and lots of downs and all of that goes into it, but I wouldn't give it up for anything. It's been incredible.
6: I feel like since I've known about modern quilting, I've known about you. So that's, um, that's amazing that yeah, the MQG is celebrating its 10 year right now. And I didn't realize that you were a part of that from the very beginning. That's so cool.
7: It's all started with a comment on a blog post that said, why don't we start our own organization? Like July, we had our first meeting in October. for the LA Modern Quilt Guild, and that was 10 years ago this year, so it's been a kind of an incredible journey.
6: No kidding. I mean, the MQG has put out some amazing resources for people, and I'm in my own local chapter, uh, so I benefit from that currently, and thank you for your hard work on that.
7: Absolutely.
6: <laughs> okay, so you are developing or you have developed Quilt Cadets. Will you tell us more about this? I think it's a brilliant idea and I just want to hear all the details from you.
7: <laughs> so it's a concept I came up with a long time ago and it's taken quite a long time for it to really come together. And I was a little frustrated when I realized how long it took, but then I realized that it wouldn't have been as awesome if I put it out, you know, that many years ago. It's been like eight years that I came up with the name and the idea for it all crazy, right? Wow. But the a collaboration of like artists and different people who contributed to it. Um, but it essentially is a line of patterns for ki- in products for kids who sew. I wanted to bridge the gap between the mothers and fathers and then grandparents who were sewing and wanted to share this with all the littles in their life. And there is no really sustainable product line in the market that does this. And I wanted to infuse a lot of fun into it and make patterns that were relatable for the kids. And so we just had our big major launch just a few weeks ago at Quilt Market in Houston. And I'm so excited for it to be out in the market.
6: So I was, when you said like appealing to kids, like just the names of the patterns are so much fun. Can you tell us a few of the patterns that are in this product line? Oh, goodness. We
7: have um, goat's Totes, which is like Totes Magotes, but backwards. It's really silly, but it's a tote bag pattern with lots of fun applique on it. We have the Enchanted Travel Pillows, which are unicorns and dragons, Um, The Braveheart Backpack is just a really fun backpack pattern, but it's one of our intermediate patterns. It's a little bit more advanced, but it's totally doable for the kids. And we had all of our patterns pattern tested. It's just a really, really great lineup of patterns. There's seven patterns all together. Four of them were designed by Annabelle Wrigley from Little Pincushion Studio, which is the studio that teaches kids to sew. So she's kind of the expert at this. So I was happy to get her involved with this project. So it's just, it's a lot of fun. And then kind of tied into the, the patterns themselves, we have merit badges that you can earn. You earn points. And it's something the kids keep track of, but you earn points with each project that you sew. Or they're just fun to buy and put on everything. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to just kind of infuse a lot of fun into the process and make it really a learning. There's lots of learning involved. We do a lot of explanation in the patterns. But it also has a lot of fun involved in it as well.
6: What do you um, consider your target like a uh, kid age? We say eight to 14 plus
7: or minus so if a seven-year-old really wants to sew they can totally do it we had a six-year-old who did one of the pattern tests but she um of course you know had to have help with understanding what fractions were when it came in you know like a quarter inch seam or things like that so eight to 14 is kind of a real comfortable age range and they're written for boys and girls
6: thank you as a mom (laughs) of three boys appreciate most, that
7: yeah most of the patterns I wanted to either have a version for the voice to sew or or make them gender neutral it's easy to do super cute girly things but um, I made a very concerted effort to have them be more gender neutral
6: I love that that's such a great yeah. idea so do you yeah. primarily think that a parent guardian grandparent family member would be in a quilt shop looking for this the assumption is our Our primary target is to sell in
7: quilt shops right now. And we also have an online presence. But in quilt shops, there will be some kids there. But for the most part, it's going to be the parent or grandparent. And we're trying to think of some other ways to target to market directly to kids as well. So my, my dad, who, of course, is a grandfather, was suggesting. He was like, you know what? Parents don't make buying decisions. It's the kids do. He said, you need to do unboxing videos and all that kind of stuff that the kids actually love. So we're working on including some of that in the marketing strategy and developing a YouTube channel. And all of it but that's not here yet we're working on it
6: <laughs> that is <But> it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> and
7: then it's both. In, and it's also uh, the patterns are written. So the kid it can be done with assistance. They can be used inside of classes at quilt shops or uh, camps at quilt shops. But kids can also pretty much work through it on their own with maybe a little bit of assistance. We made sure we have pattern testers who tested them without assistance and they were able to work through them. So I'm, I'm really excited about that part as well. Because yeah. some kids want to and don't have a parent that sews as well. Sure. Yeah,
6: absolutely. There are
7: fun prizes in every pattern as well. So there's stickers and collector cards and fun, silly things. But I just wanted to infuse fun in the whole program.
6: Yeah. And so that brings me to uh, the club aspect. So is the club mostly an online... Way to gather? Yeah,
7: so I wanted to have just a little bit of ownership in the whole. I wanted the kids to feel like they were a quilt cadet. So it's very relaxed and casual. There's nothing formal about it. They can go online and download their membership card, and you know, if you tag your projects quilt cadets on Instagram, it automatically gets uploaded into the clubhouse on the web page. It's kind of it's a pattern and product ran with kind of an underlying theme of a club. So it's kind of just a fun aspect of product line. Yeah. I love the idea of like a group of kids getting together. Our pattern testers, they brought their friends over and did it together. We had a ton of kids test it, which was really fun. And then a lot of quote shops are really excited because Instead of having every season to come up with their own ideas for classes, they can base their classes on. Um, So I'm working on guides for quilt shops and that type of thing as well, to how to to use these patterns and products in your shop. So it's been an idea that's been in the works for so long. But now that it's finally out, it's like it's the right time. Everything came together. Um, I work with so many amazing people in the industry to bring it all together, and it, it really shows as well.
6: Yeah. Uh, could you talk a little bit about your collaboration with Annabelle Right, I just love
7: everything that she posted. I've been following her Instagram for many years, and I met her finally at QuiltCon a few years ago and said, do you want to work on this with me? So she contributed four projects, which is really exciting. I also work with Page and Pixel to shoot the covers because I really, wanted them to look fun and um, very professional and have kids involved. So the ladies at Page and Pixel um, contributed to that. They know our industry. So that's really fun. Um, Samara Kaja, our badges. She's so amazing. And she also designed her quilt shop poster. And then Alison Smith did my technical editing. So, I mean, I just had such an infusion of like this amazing creative talent and I was able to pull in not just my creative energy. I kind of had the big concept of how I wanted it all to come together and to be able to be at a place to pull all these people in. It's just as incredible.
6: Yes. And it, I mean, the aesthetic is so cute. Like what you were talking about, the posters, the badges. There's like 12 badges, aren't there? 12 badges. There are. And we have a mascot. Yeah. that I was <laughs> yeah. going to ask that. Is it just one? Okay. So it's called, they're called the feet dogs
7: and it's like a <laughs> a, like a crew of five dogs, but they're hilarious because they all have like quilted vest on and like all those really fun characters. So we it's one of the prizes and one of the patterns are collector card where it lists all their like other hobbies and the things they like to do. So they all have personalities, and it's just fun. I have to amuse myself. So I'm (laughs) hoping to amuse other people as I do that. (laughs)
6: Well, throughout every aspect, like when you just look through the website and you see all the materials, it looks just like perfectly designed. With kids in mind, it has that spirit of fun like you're talking about. I can see it just appealing to so many um, different kids.
7: I learned how to sew when I was about six and took it up seriously when I was 10 or 11. And we just decided we were going to sew garments, my older sister and I. And we just kind of dove head in. And it's something about learning at that age that's so precious because as adults, when we learn, we have all of these ideas about what we can and cannot do, who we are in this world. And I find as kids, it's an innocent space and time to be able to learn and be open. And like my first blog post on the parent's site is to say, to allow your kids to be kids in this don't stand over their shoulder don't be critical let them explore and play and have fun because that's how they fall in love and that's how I did so I really wanted to encourage and foster that and if we want sewing to continue into future generations then we have to teach them young and we have to introduce it in a way that's fun you know so they may not keep doing it but 10 years from now they're like oh yeah I know how to sew you know and it may spark something a lifelong love in some of the children as well
6: That is such a great point. When I started my quilting journey too, like I just jumped in and did things that I didn't know you were supposed to not do. (laughs) And I think what you're saying is so true for kids to just not be self-aware or self-conscious, I guess, of making a mistake and just being able to show off an end product at the end would just, I think, build so much confidence as well. I
7: got the pride on these kids' faces. It's just, it's. It's worth everything. Like when I see, when I saw the pictures coming in from the pattern testing, I just was, you know, I was like, this was all worth it. <laughs> this is all worth it.
6: So if there are any parents or grandparents or guardians um, listening today, they can go check out the designs for themselves at quiltcadets.com. com. and then there's a grown-up site, so it's grownups.quiltcadets.com.
7: And quilt shops can also contact me directly if you're interested in carrying the product. Okay, yeah. And
6: so going into the future, do you expect expect, expect to add to the product line as you go. Yeah. We
7: have so many fun things planned. We have additional patterns planned. We have kits planned. There are ideas around fabric and other fun things that can kind of pull it all together. So I'm really excited.
6: Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I was really excited to share this new venture with our audience. We make amazing holiday gifts. Just saying
7: yeah. for Black Friday, I'm working on putting together a three month subscription box that starts in January as well. So
6: fun. You've got all the ideas. This will just take off. I know it. Thank you for having
7: me. It's been fun.
6: Yeah. You can connect with Latifa on social media. She is at Latifah Safir Studios and at Quilt Cadets. And I'll have everything we talked about today in the show notes. I didn't even think of this question until after we talked, but I'm not even sure if students in middle school and high school learn how to sew anymore. I know I did with gym shorts I made in middle school. God bless you, Mrs. Hoover. And I might not be a quilter today if my sister didn't take a quilting class when she was in high school. Equal blessings to Mrs. West, if you're listening. (laughs) The class equipped her to make a quilt and that she ended up giving me, which in turn got me bananas enthusiastic about learning how to quilt for myself. So the point is, if young people are no longer learning how to sew in school, we need to provide other avenues and opportunities for them to pick up the love of sewing, and Quilt Cadets makes it easy to do just that. So I am Jess. I can be found at Threaded Quilting on Instagram. Um, thanks so much for listening
0: and have a great week. Before we leave today, I just want to mention an amazing subscription offer that we have that's just for our podcast listeners. So, our listeners can get 60% off a year subscription to American Patchwork and Quilting. So, if it's on your holiday wish list, take advantage by visiting our show notes to find all the info.